0: This detox doesn't mean you're gonna get two weeks straight of kids throwing fits. That's not what happens. What happens is the initial fallout of maybe you giving them the news or you telling them the screen time's over, they're gonna flip out. That's okay, that's the hardest part. And then they have this space to reset those dopamine levels back to real life. They have space to connect with people and flex those boredom negotiation muscles. And what happens in those first day or two is kids start to create and they start to explore because they're wired to do
1: that. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in as we talk with leaders. We are so happy to have Molly DeFrank back with us. She is the author of Digital Detox, the two-week tech reset for kids. Molly, welcome back. Hey, Lori. Thanks for having me. We talk about digital detox, and with the holidays coming up, I wanted to touch base with you because... I think there might be a lot of parents that might be wanting to do a little bit of that over the Christmas holidays.
0: If you are a parent and if you are a little bit stressed about screen time, can I just encourage you that you're not alone? 85% (laughs) of parents are stressed by their kids' screen time. And yet I know what all parents know, and that's that these devices make a great little digital babysitter for our kids. And so we try and rely on that, but we see the fallout after with the behaviors and We feel like we're in this hostage situation sometimes where it's like, well, the only thing that makes it quiet and calm is if I hand over the thing that's also causing the problem. And so I just want to encourage you that there's a way out of that rut and the holiday season, a long weekend, a long break from school is a perfect time to get a handle on this thing. Now, the advice I'm going to give right now is a little bit counter to probably what, how they're thinking to handle this, but it works. And that's the key. So remember that this thing completely works. I know because I experimented on my own kids and I have incredible results. I've been helping families through this, but here's the answer. Are you ready? Totally unplug your kids, give them a full digital detox over the holiday break, take it all away, put it all on hold. Okay. I know that sounds really hard and really scary. And frankly, the fear of what's gonna happen if you do that is what holds most parents back from starting and doing something so drastic. But waiting on the other side of that fear is a totally transformed household. The opportunity that you have during the holidays, this break from school is perfect. I would say it's even better than summertime because you have just a smaller vacation window to get a handle on this. You're not signing up for a whole summer of well, what do we do now? But it's just, it's a taste. And you're giving your kids this space to be creative, to connect with their relatives better than ever, to actually enjoy one another rather than tolerate each other. So I would love to help you. And you're like, man, we need to fix this, but I don't know, lady, <laughs> I have the solution for you. I wanna help you with it. It doesn't even cost any money. You can just do it.
1: You said something about fear and and boy, that resonated with me because I think often that is the hardest part is the fear. And I heard this great saying, I don't know if like if it's attributed to someone, but freedom is on the other side of fear. And when I hear you say total detox that my kids aren't even home and I'm like, what are you kidding me? So can you kind of walk us through that? Okay.
0: I, that. That quote is perfect for this. And that's exactly what we experience. It's freedom. It's freedom from being tethered to their devices at all times. You know, and as you're talking about that, no TV. So the detox I run, and I, and I have the book, Digital Detox, The Two-Week Tech Reset for Kids. I am providing principles that you can apply over the holidays. You can do this during a week. The detox itself is no television, no YouTube, no gaming, Okay. Now, if you need to tweak this for Thanksgiving, if you, if football is big in your house, I grew up football was big in my house. My husband loves football. If you need to allow the football game to be on for the grownups, I say, go for that. You know, don't, you don't need to march in and tell grandpa he can't watch his football game. <laughs> but outside of that, if you want to run a real detox, you can do this thing. Say, yeah, we're going to take a video game break. We're going to take a YouTube break. We're going to go for it. You could even make it really fun. I recommend having like a camp counselor attitude about this, not like a super hokey cheesy one, but like very optimistic, okay? And get some skin in the game, number one. Give up one of your digital vices that you have and throw some cash in there. Say, okay, here's 20 bucks. Whoever cracks last, it's yours. Okay, and what you might find is just perhaps maybe it falls apart. Maybe with extended family, it gets tricky. I don't know. We don't want this to start a fight in your family. Okay, what I would recommend doing is, you know, make it fun. You might be really surprised what happens. Well, your kids, your young kids to them, 20 bucks is a lot of money. So if they're trying to stick it out, they're competing for this money. They're sure they'll go play game of touch football. Use it as an opportunity for relatives to connect with each other. My kids, when they were on their digital detox, they sat down. My uncle was visiting from... San Francisco. And he sat, he's in his seventies. He was telling my kids about way back when my kids are big Steelers fans. And he said, Oh yeah, the football teams used to not play each other because before air travel, they couldn't get around. And my kids' brains were like, what? That's insane. Tell me more. And so they were really, but they got, they love their uncle Joe and they got to hear about him growing up and his life and how it was different. And frankly, The world that we're living in today, kids aren't getting those cross-generational stories because their attention spans aren't allowing it. If they have like a little inkling of boredom, they're just pulling out their phones. They're in their bedroom on their devices. And what I would say is enough. If you're feeling like that and you're like, yeah, enough, then just do something different this year. You can do it. You're the mom. You're the dad. Where technology is a tool, and you kind of want to parse this out when you're looking at the electronics that we use that help us. It's like, well, we use our Alexa to time the turkey or whatever. It's like, that's great. (laughs) I use my washing machine too, and that's an electronic device. So, what we're really taking a break from are these digital entertainment devices. So, I think if you even want to make some parameters and parse out, like, hey, how about you get down your grandpa or Uncle Joe's story and you know you could even make a scavenger hunt for your kids. It's obviously gonna look a little different for younger kids versus older kids, but I think dreaming up the way this could look different for your kids this year could look a little different from years past when everyone's kind of doing their own thing while mom is in the kitchen. I think there's gonna be a lot of fun in that and make it your own, depending on how your family's wired, what your kids like to do. You might actually be really surprised if you do this digital detox, you might find you invite your kiddos in the kitchen with you while you're prepping the food the day or two before and one or two of the kids is, is lingering a little longer and they're interested in cooking now that the devices are off the table and you're like, Oh, do you want to be in charge of the cranberries? We started that a couple of years ago. My daughter, she's 13. She loves making the cranberries. She takes a lot of pride in that now. And these are these little tiny opportunities here and there that we're missing out on. So I, I would just really encourage you. Christmas is a perfect time. This break to give it a shot.
1: How many years have you been doing this now, Molly? We're coming up on four. I love how you started. You said, you're the mom, you can do this. I promise you. And I love that. So talk us through like when you first did it, to like what it's like now. This is not
0: a permanent ban all technology forever sort of thing. Our family loves technology. We love digital entertainment. It's just that you're using this detox to put the entertainment in its right place for your home. And that might look a little different from my home because we have different kids, different ages. When we started, it was all digital entertainment, all gone. Okay, which sounds crazy and radical, but it's like when you clean out your fridge, You don't just like pluck a couple of old packets of soy sauce you got like stuck in there. You know, you take everything out. You take it out, you wipe it down, and then you very specifically put the things back that are still good, that serve you, that you still need. And this is like that. Four years ago was when we started our detox. The initial part of it, the plan was two weeks, all of the tech entertainment out the window. What we found at the end of that two weeks, and I had five kids at the time, ages 10 and 10 to 3. What we found at the end of those two weeks was that we didn't want to go back. We Our kids were more creative. They got along better. We wanted to keep going. So we did. We didn't tell our kids it would be two weeks. It was just between my husband and I, we said two weeks. So we could, we had the freedom to do that. So we stretched it out for like five months until finally we said, okay, well, we're not going to move off the grid and churn our own butter and all of these things. And the kids like video games and what's our long-term plan. So... We made a long-term plan that worked for our family where the kids get to still enjoy these things they like. They still get to play the games that we approve that they like, but on such a smaller scale than they were before, it used to be like one to two hours a day, which upon closer scrutiny, we realized, well, gosh, if they go to school and they have piano practice or basketball or whatever, by the time you get home and they do their chores and their homework, that's all of their free time. Do we want our kids spending 100% of their free time every day? Numbing out on a device, that what's the opportunity cost? They're not playing with their siblings. They're not playing with neighbors. They're not running around outside. So they get one hour of video games once a week. And we just do that on the weekends. And it gives them the freedom during the week to kind of explore and play with their siblings and kind of have that downtime that kids aren't really getting. We do enjoy family shows at the end of the day during the week sometimes. And that worked really well for our family. So again, it's not about banishing it all forever. It's just about taking a break. Like when you clean out the fridge, we have found this method to work really well. It worked great for our family. I've been helping other families do it. And yeah, the book I wrote, the first half is about how to get through the the detox itself. And the second half is how to make a long-term plan that suits your family. Because it's going to look different for all families. Parents know their kids better than anyone on the planet. And this detox will help you get to know your kids even more.
1: We're talking with Molly DeFrank. Her book is Digital Detox, and uh, she is talking about the holidays coming up, how actually fun it could be to do a digital detox. The
0: book is very practical. It's all of the things I wish I knew before we started our detox. (laughs) So from how to break the news to the kids, to when to start, to what to have ready before you start, what to do if the kids try and stage a coup. All of those things, book lists for kids to read for fun. We're not talking about like book report style. In the book, I talk about this too. You can make any kid into a bookworm. You really can. And I didn't think that was true until we detoxed our kids. You don't have to be like a Pinterest organized mom for this kind. You don't have to be crafty. I would be completely disqualified if you had to be any of those things, just to be clear. You can be any kind of parent and pull this thing off. You could be a single parent. You could be a multi-generational home. You know, it doesn't require much except for parental commitment. It's just saying yes and giving it a shot. And really what you're getting back is so much more than what you're giving up here. You're getting back, you're unleashing your kid's creativity. You are creating spaces to connect with them like you've never had before. And I promise you, you're gonna learn some things about your kids that you didn't know.
1: Two things that you said. One is you don't have to be the Pinterest mom and two, take the camp counselor approach. And I think sometimes I see this with my grandkids When you sort of just give them some space, they can be really creative on their own. I don't have to be like throwing ideas at them, but just even being a little bit present. 100%. If you
0: can let go of a little bit of control here, if you're hosting, assign your kids, delegate some of these things like, hey, how would you feel about, I have two seven-year-old girls. If I gave them the freedom to make the centerpieces using stuff they find in the yard and coloring materials, they will be on cloud nine and busy probably for like eight hours the day before Thanksgiving. So get some art supplies, get creative, relinquish control of some things, even if you just let them set up the kids table, you know, whatever it is, give them the freedom and the space and and have a lot of fun with it. Your kids are going to make memories. And you know what, if it crashes and burns, that's a great story too. (laughs) And you can try again later. So if one of the kids, or even if dad, you find him hold up on his phone, it's like, all right, that crash, you're out 20 bucks next, you know, you can just, just have fun with it and kind of lower the stakes and, and make family memories.
1: During the holidays and you're getting together with other family members, what if their kids are not detoxing and they're on their phones all the time? Do you have any advice about that? That can be a really tricky situation,
0: especially if the kids are similar ages. So you, you're you going to need to be kind of flexible and assess the situation here. It, it will probably depend on your travel plans. If you can, without causing a lot of family drama, if you're willing and able to like plan a, you know, a a turkey bowl where you're going off, you're going to the park and you're planning a football game, a football game or a a bike ride or whatever. If you can, if you can manage it, I say, go for it. If it's going to cause family drama, you may want to wait a day or wait until you get home. For me, I think families and those relationships, you got to protect those. So, you know, I wouldn't recommend going in and trying to impose this on, um, extended family what I would say is focus on your own kids and if your kids are older especially I would recommend approaching this like a beckoning like hey do you want to try this challenge here's what I've noticed in me I've noticed that sometimes I'm so busy on my phone and I leave like a party or a family gathering and I'm like gosh I didn't even talk to this person I was looking at Instagram or whatever and kind of share vulnerably your own places where you're like, gosh, I I wish it wasn't like that. And then you know you're kind of dipping your toe in the water and showing them like, hey, it's it's cool to share things that you don't like about your technology, and and then invite them in, and say, hey, maybe me and you just do this thing. And so really just kind of an invitational more than like coming in with an iron fist. But talk to your spouse and just see what you guys think and what you can come up with. I bet you will enjoy some of your best family memories and present fun alternatives too. We're not talking about like being super boring sticks in the mud here. We're talking about declare a family talent show or toss out that idea and say, we want it. Grandpa, we heard you can do a really cool dance, an electric slide. Would you be willing to share that with us? And, you know, see if you want to take turns, get creative. I would also love to hear if you're listening and you try this Tell me how it goes. I'd love to hear your stories.
1: Maybe you have some stories from other families you can share.
0: Oh, yeah. Lots of really great stories. Usually people, when they reach out to me, it's something along the lines of, I can't believe how quickly this worked. Or I'm really surprised. I know you said that it worked for all kinds of kids, but my one kid is totally obsessed with video gaming and he said he actually enjoyed it. So those are usually the kinds of stories I get. One that might be a little encouraging, I have a, a gal I know who she tried this detox for her kids. And day two, she was on the phone with her boss. And her kid came in asking for the iPad. And she was like, "Uh, shoot, she's like, I'm going to either going to get fired, or because of a screaming kid, or I'm going to quit the detox." And so she handed over the iPad. What are you going to do? Those situations are real. I completely I had so much sympathy for her. And so she said, you know what, we're going to try it again. So she huddled with her husband and they tried again. And she said, she's so glad she did. Actually, one of her kiddos, the eye doctor said she was getting vision damage because of her tablet. So the doctor even told her she's, and this is like a great mom. This isn't like a park your kid in front of the iPad all day kind of mom. So the effects of this are real and it's totally fixable, which is the really encouraging thing is that you can totally reverse these effects, whether it's, vision or developmental or behavioral. Parents, you're really in the driver's seat here. Usually it's just a matter of reclaiming that authority that we already have.
1: Last time you were on, we talked about this and I I just want to bring it up again because I think like maybe some parents don't know about this, but they had done that study about kids watching some of these TikToks. They were actually causing ticks. Oh
0: yeah. That was in the Wall Street Journal a couple months ago. It was so crazy. So over the course of covid ER visits for tic disorders um, tripled for teen girls ages 12 to 17. So these girls would come into the ER presenting like they had Tourette's. And upon closer scrutiny, the doctors would say, oh, no, this is actually not Tourette's. This is actually this disorder that is a result of mental health problems and TikTok video exposure. If you've spent any time on TikTok, I've seen these videos before. It's these girls videoing themselves with like ticks. They'll just yell things out. And doctors are saying this is not Tourette syndrome. This is like a social contagion sort of a thing. So the prescription to fix this was get some mental health support and get off TikTok. And when they had these teen girls doing these things, the symptoms resolved in like 90% of the cases. So the fix is simple. It's reversible. The same reporter actually covered eating disorder visits to eat. Ours for 12 to 17 year old girls doubled over the pandemic. and that's actually at the same time that kids screen time doubled. So kids went before the pandemic they were spending almost four hours a day on their devices and now on digital entertainment, so that's not counting like homework after the pandemic and it didn't taper off since school is back in session, kids started spending eight hours a day, 12 year old kids eight hours a day being digitally entertained. that's a full-time job, okay? seven days a week, eight hours a day. Anyway, it was causing all of these problems. And doctors also said, well, this is actually, these eating disorders are a result of underlying mental health condition and TikTok body image diet videos. So same thing. They got the kids off TikTok and they got the mental health support and the symptoms went away. So you know, if this is a struggle for your kids, if you're noticing something, if you're nervous, if they keep going in their room and holding up, you can address this issue. You, you're not a passive bystander to your kid's electronic consumption. I mean, who pays the Wi-Fi bill in your house? You know, even if they have a device, even if they bought their own device, even if grandma gave them a tablet, like it's your house. You get to set the rules. You can program the Wi-Fi to turn on and off at certain times or for certain devices. So take that authority back and,
1: and you can do this thing. What I loved is you're saying, you're not saying get rid of it. You're saying take a break. So will you just talk about that a little more? Because I love that philosophy. And and I think that's where people could get really scared.
0: Absolutely. The goal is not to banish all technology forever because technology is an evil. It's, it can be such a helpful tool in our human adventure. Um, the goal is just to put it in its right place. And the beauty is that's going to look a little different in every home, but it's also parents' responsibility and joy to decide what that is going to look like. So, you know, I think of it in the same relationship we have to food. It would be like someone saying, oh, food is bad. It's like, what? No, we need food. We rely on it. It's delicious. it's it fuels us. And in the same way, technology can be so helpful to us. You know, we use it to wash our clothes and to have this very conversation that we're having. But if we ate a steady diet of cotton candy around the clock, or if we allowed our kids to do that, their organs would starve. And after decades, they would not reach their full growth or potential because they wouldn't be getting those nutrients that they need to really grow and thrive. And so in our current parenting age, I mean, I think this is the issue for our kids because we are inundated with information and noise and competing voices telling our kids what is true and what is false. And really that's a parent's job to teach a kid. And so many parents I talk to will say, Well, yeah, we do have intentional time, you know, at the dinner table every day for 15 or 20 minutes. The harsh reality of that is, okay, if the average kid is spending eight hours a day being cultivated by, formed by whatever is on the other side of their device, and they're spending 15 minutes with their parents having intentional conversation, which influence do you think is stronger and louder in their life? Parents can't compete with that. So it's time, I think, to take that influence back and if you agree that it is time, then I would love to help you do just that. So the goal, again, is not to banish all technology forever. It's just it's just to take a break and put it in its right place. And I promise you, you will have different kids and you will be closer than ever as a family. To be clear, during your detox, you're not just banishing all technology and then kind of letting your kids fend for themselves entirely. You are also turning up those parental antennae of attention and noticing your kids and you know how do i fuel those interests how do i help them with the goal of not helicopter parenting but noticing paying attention on the front end, kind of giving them some fuel and then letting them take off and then checking in again, having really good conversations. So we want to raise our kids so that they launch into the world with confidence and wisdom and discernment, but that's going to require a, a firm foundation of pouring in and teaching them what that wisdom and discernment looks like. The best way to do that is to not give them access to the entire world before they've developed that wisdom and discernment and self-control.
1: One thing you said before as well is I raised my kids and cell phones were just kind of coming online. We had dial up. And so then then now there's this generation of kids that wow, this is new and they knew everything and they had to teach us what to do. And so I remember you saying, you know, it's just what we did and so it took some for you to recognize, "Oh, but we don't have to do this." Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely.
0: So the the iPhone came out in 2007 and the iPad followed in 2011. And my kids, my oldest was born in 2009. And so we were right there when we bought all into the iPads. I, I bought this special case that was like at Target. It's like protected. You can strap it around the back of the driver's seat. And I'm like, this is a perfect solution. My kid is watching a show. Um, I remember one time going to a fireworks show and my two-year-old was like wild and crazy. And I'm like showed that kid cartoons and in retrospect, you know, it's like, Oh no, what a, what a missed opportunity to enjoy the fireworks. What I didn't realize at the time was I was over, my kids were chronically overstimulated. So they didn't have the ability to appreciate kind of delaying gratification or waiting in between stimuli because I was training them to be constantly stimulated. Um, but you know, these devices, these apps, these tablets and iPhones, they were really marketed to parents, especially as a way to get your kids ahead, a way to make little rocket scientists. Unfortunately, parents like me realized after several years of scratching our heads, we were like, gosh, I don't think the marketing delivered on these promises. Instead, I'm seeing grumpy, bored kids who are chronically overstimulated. And meanwhile, you look back and you see wow, what were these tech giants doing with their own kids? Steve Jobs would not let his kids near an iPad. These parents, these tech geniuses are some of the strictest parents when it comes to their own kids' screen time because they know the truth, which is that these devices are as brain-dead easy to use as they could possibly be. The kids can learn the technology later. They don't need, there's no special training required to learn how to tap an iPad. They make it very, very simple. They're not learning anything useful. They're consuming so what we want to do is increase the opportunities for our kids to create outside of the screen. And then they can, once they've developed those skills of like critical thinking and back and forth conversation, they can apply those problem solving skills. Um, They can use those and bring those to the table later. My daughter, my oldest, loves computers. She's uh, computer science is her dream. That's what she wants to pursue engineering. She's all in. And I love that. We really support that. It's just a matter of getting our kids the opportunities to develop critical thinking skills and not calling passive entertainment education.
1: I love that. And then one more thing before we go, I just want to touch on because I am so pro foster parent. Somebody might say, well, I have foster kids. They've been traumatized. What would you say about that?
0: Lori, that's such a great question. And this is a lie that so many parents buy into. We think that these kids need to be stimulated and what they actually need is to be connected to a real life person with back and forth conversation with a loving caregiver. And unfortunately- um these kids especially from trauma backgrounds their brains have been bathed in cortisol those that stress hormone um adrenaline and so these video games and tablets these apps there they release cortisol and adrenaline and they're putting our kids into fight or flight mode so these kids are the last people on the planet that need to be exposed to more of that so young and then we because we're looking at them Holding still, staring at a glowing screen, we think, oh, look at their focusing. Oh, look at their calm. No, they're not. Inside their brain, they are in fight or flight mode. That's why when you turn it off, they flip out. These kids, especially kids with trauma backgrounds, also kids with ADHD, they struggle. That's a dopamine deficiency condition, ADHD. So when you're messing with their dopamine, which is what these devices do, you're not helping them. You're hindering them. You're hindering their ability to sit and learn in a classroom, to wait patiently. Um, it's really not helping them at all. And I can say this with confidence. We've had a lot of kids in and out of our home. We've dealt with ADHD, oppositional defiant disorder, um, lots of hard trauma backgrounds. And I am telling you, the biggest changes we've seen with our kids is through taking this stuff away and not making it part of their daily life. And after our detox, we also did take away video gaming and tablets from our youngest kids. And um, that's something that was a part of our daily life for our young kids. And now our youngest three, five, seven, and 7 were like, no way. Absolutely not. We did it wrong the first time around. We're not doing it the same way this time. So yeah, you're really giving your kids so much more than you're taking away. And it's hard to overstate that. One last note is just to encourage you, you're not signing up. This detox doesn't mean you're going to get two weeks straight of kids throwing fits. That's not what happens. What happens is the initial fallout of maybe you giving them the news or you telling them the screen time's over, they're gonna flip out. That's okay. That's the hardest part. And then they have this space to reset those dopamine levels back to real life. They have space to connect with people and flex those boredom negotiation muscles. And what happens in those first day or two is kids start to create. And they start to explore because they're wired to do that.
1: We're talking with Molly DeFrank. Her book is called Digital Detox. Tell us where we can reach you and how we can get the book.
0: Absolutely. You can find me on mollydfrank.com. Um, if you head to my website, when you buy the book, I have lots of free stuff for you. You can get um, family dinner table topics. Those are really fun. There's 14 of them. Those are free. How to convince a skeptical spouse. If you want to detox your kids, your spouse is like, heck to the no. I will help you with that come to my website. I will help you with all of this. Um, you can even go to that contact part of my website and drop me a line if you have any questions. I'd love to help you. The book is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target.com, Walmart.com. Basically anywhere books are sold, you can find it.
1: I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference.